0: So it was an early September day morning and very, very early in the morning I got a call on my cell phone. Now since this was 18 years ago, this is what a cell phone looked like. It was a small brick and it had an antenna thing like your small finger sticking out the top of it. It was my work phone and it was a news reporter from Channel 2 News. I couldn't understand what she was saying. And then finally she said, just turn on the TV and I'll call you back. So I went to my little TV and I turned it on and I couldn't believe it. Uh, A plane had hit the World Trade Center. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. And uh, then all of a sudden they said the words, they're not sure what's happening in America. Maybe there's more planes. This might've been a terrorist attack. So the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, was shutting down the airspace in the United States. This is the first time in the history of our country that's ever happened. As the press spokesman for the airport, I quickly got on a suit just like this, maybe this suit, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and um, I headed to the airport. The domestic terminal was empty. No planes had taken off, the ones to Nome and to Bethel and so Fairbanks and so forth, and none were coming in. Then I went over to the international terminal, and loads of people started coming through into the lobby. Um, Planes from all over the world were literally that normally bypass Anchorage were landing in Anchorage Airport. 747s filled with people who you understand back then, 18 years ago, there was no online uh, work. You didn't have smartphones. No one was uh, checking you know, what was happening on, uh, on the airplane. And they were just told they were landing, and they didn't say where, and they didn't say why. So these people were coming out, many of them spoke uh, only a language different than English, into the lobby. And as the chief communications officer for the airport, I quickly figured that I had to do something. So I went and got the largest television I could find in the airport. It was the director's conference room TV. It was was 30 inches big. (laughs) (laughs) And televisions back then had this whole thing behind them, the tube and everything. (laughs) So two maintenance workers picked it up and hefted it into the lobby of the International Terminal, and we plugged it in with an orange extension cord, and there was no uh, cable there, so I went and got a hanger, and I stuck it in like rabbit ears in the antenna. If you're sitting next to an older person, they'll explain that later. (laughs) And then we turned it on. This was nonstop television, all the channels were presenting similar stuff. So then, the hundreds of people, soon thousands of people that were in the lobby, crammed in like sardines, started moving over to the television. And after just a few short minutes, just a few short minutes, people who spoke English and a foreign language were starting to move to the front and started to translate what was happening. So they'd say, a second airplane has hit uh, the towers, and uh, in English, and then someone would say it in Tagalog and the Tagalog speakers who go and talk amongst themselves. Then Chinese and the Chinese speakers, and Japanese and Korean and so forth. These people were volunteering their time and just naturally moving forward. Soon, literally thousands of people were watching this 30-inch television. (laughs) Um, So um, in Anchorage, lots of things were happening. The bases were locked down. You couldn't get on or off the base. The Emergency Operations Center was set up by the municipality to help with this emergency. Um, There were, um, uh, the mayor shut down, uh, ordered the uh, closure of all the tall buildings in town because we didn't know if there was a plane coming to Anchorage uh, to crash into a building here. Um, At the airport, more and more planes were landing, and then it started getting a little quieter on the airport as fewer and fewer were coming in. and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, whoosh, two airplanes came screaming by. These were fighters from Elmendorf going southwest, right over the tower, literally, just like the movie Top Gun. And then about five minutes later, whoosh, two more airplanes going that way. It turns out that two of the 747s coming to Anchorage um, were transponding, that was sending out the information that they had been, were being hijacked. So they were escorted to, uh, to uh, Canada. Um, so then, <laughs> out of American airspace, <laughs> white horse Canada that had never seen a 747 and probably still hasn't. And so then, all of a sudden, we started realizing that this could take days. These people, thousands of people uh, in their, uh, that arrived by airplane, there was no room in the inn, it was September. And so therefore, uh, the hotels were filled. So churches all over the the city, um, every bed and breakfast, everything was filled with these people as they got school bused to as far away as Seward and Kenai and even Talkeetna to stay there. Um, I snuck away for a few minutes. Everyone was working hard at the airport and I went to the coastal trail and the largest thing flying was a tern or an eagle uh, and so forth, just a bird. And it was dead quiet. I looked at the airport uh, at the tarmacs and all the planes were sitting around it and I thought perhaps there was over 10 billion dollars worth of aircraft sitting on the ground. So there was, for a few days, it was a nervous tension as we were waiting to see what would happen and we got new rules and security rules and Anchorage, though it was the last one to close, was the first airport to get approved and reopened. All of a sudden everybody at every hotel rushed to the airport. another crisis because there's not a lot of room at the airport and so people literally they locked the doors on the outside or shut the doors and there was a long line to get in the door two and a half lengths of the building that's just to get inside the inside Um, but during that time we had a friend Lynn who missed going to see her father's funeral he had died just two days before 9-11 And she would have never thought possible that she would not be able to attend the funeral of her father. But the first planes to take off were float planes. It was hunting season and angry hunters with guns (laughs) who were hungry were waiting. be picked up. Again, there was no connection to the world at that time, not knowing what had happened. So knowing that these people would not believe them, they literally got uh, some of the, the first plane off was a float plane, and they got stacks of the Anchorage Daily newspaper from the day afterwards. And when they said it to these people, they said, yeah, right. And they held it up. And on the front page, on the top of the front page of the newspaper was a picture at the airport with a thousand people looking at this little 30-inch television and learning what was happening in the world. Thank you.